Can we talk about Wrecker about to get mufasa Dude, I know. That's <laughs> I, I posted I, I posted that on on Twitter, and I just posted the GIF of Simba during the stampede. I'm like, as soon as I saw the 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 deer, I'm like, holy, <laughs> we're gonna get a Mufasa. Someone's getting <laughs> trampled to death. Yeah, he's right gonna now. get <laughs> Mufasa. Do not Mufasa Wrecker. Force is what gives the Jedi his power. Why is the Force connecting us? I am a Jedi. Always do there are. We're a dyad in the Force. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Force Diet Podcast. This is episode 46. Tonight we're going to be talking about episode 9 of The Bad Batch, The Crossing, as well as a few noteworthy news nuggets, including news of a new Star Wars film being announced at this year's Star Wars Celebration, and the final trailer for Mando Season 3 dropped, uh, gearing us up for what's to come in the next few weeks. I'm your host, Obi-Shawn, joined, as always, by my best bud, Johnny John. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Finally got through the intro. It only took three tries. <laughs> Truly, how many different alliterations did you have to use during that same intro i think i said new five times there so that was good i, I you know i didn't new news nuggets new I, yeah you really were rolling on it i'm like man he is crushing the never mind i'm not gonna my, say my 12th my 12th grade lit, my 12th grade lit teacher would be so proud <laughs> get a thesaurus dude get a thesaurus um yeah good stuff i mean we had a um a We'll call it a fun brain break episode, mm. and um, yeah, we got some cool news in the Star Wars universe. Uh, uh, I know we talked about it briefly in our uh, yearly recap uh, just a couple weeks ago that uh, something we were missing that was a letdown, and so hopefully we get some um, better news this year about um, you know the silver the the the, the movie theaters. <laughs> Um, aspect of Star Wars, so the silver screen, the silver screen, yeah, there it is. So, uh, so yeah, episode nine, a uh, uh, the crossing, right? Uh, may as well may as well have been called Crossroads because the you know after the events of seven and eight, and with Echo leaving, the Bad Batch is definitely at a crossroads as far as where they go as a team. I think it's something that we've kind of been expecting, given how things have progressed throughout the season and things are starting to come to a head. Uh, you get, th there's some peril that we'll talk about uh, briefly here in a second, but the big takeaway is, is the relationship between Omega and tech and kind of the deeper message in how different people process emotions differently and how, Someone like Tech, for example, who is completely logical and rational and everything like that versus Omega, who is more emotional, especially as a child, uh, how those two have to interact and, and you know, how he, how he learns to relate to her. So, uh, so yeah, the, the overall episode, they're, they're trying to get some Ipsium for Sid. 
Wreckers put on lookout, and a uh, Hondo Onaka wannabe ends up sniping the Marauder. Uh, I did think truly, I did truly. think it was going to be Hondo. I was hoping, I was hoping it was going to mm-hmm. be Hondo. Um, <clears throat> right. So their so their ship gets uh, you know stolen. Tech is very matter of fact in who he blames and uh, gets snippy with with Wrecker. They kind of get snippy with each other. And uh, they, of course, have to then trek to to a, a settlement on the way. They have a Lion King moment, and we t- I totally thought, you know, Wrecker was going to get Mufasa. He was gonna he he was gonna go. He I I mean, as soon as I saw it happen, I'm like, last guy up the rope is gonna get taken off the rope. <sighs> yeah, and the second I saw the deer running, I it would have improved uh, the episode. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It would have improved the episode. Well, and I, I, I love tech. Just I don't care in. what you say. It would have improved it. It, it, would, it would have been. Well, More there w- tears. There would have been but, tears. Really. There would have been tears. Uh, the, the fact that he goes and just lays on top of the Ipsium so that I guess, you know, if it blows up, he's the only one that gets blown up. I, I, I understand the rationale behind it, but frankly, it wouldn't have made a difference uh, despite what tech said. Yeah, so after that, they end up in in a, in a different mine, uh, and and Omega is still taking the departure of Echo really hard. Tech doesn't really know how to relate to that or empathize with her, so she takes off, finds herself her own Ipsium ore vein, uh, one that is clearly better than the one that Sid had uh, originally procured. And, and she's uh, just not very good at those deals. So. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's not very surprising uh, at this point, given how terrible there's she is. Not a lot of, there's Canva. not a lot of inspection of the expectation, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, just takes everybody else at their word, even though nobody takes her at hers. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, no. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, the the cave, uh, the cave's collapsed in, right? And they're trying to dig themselves out, so they send tech. To, to find her and talk to her, Hunter is, you know, he's like, you idiot. You know, she's she's clearly upset, and you don't know how to relate to children, so go figure it out. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and so, yeah, he finds her. give him the, yeah, maybe go see her. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, even Wrecker is better at relating to the, the emotions of a child uh, than Tech is. So, so he finds her. She ends up, you know, falling down into this aqueduct, and without hesitation, Tech jumps after her, um, which I think says a lot. And we'll talk about it in a little bit. But you know, they they end up, you know, flying down this aqueduct to this to this uh, in this quarry, and and then they have their the big kind of moment between the two of them, uh, and then uh, you know they're able to blow their way out with all of the Ipsium that that Omega has found and the last little bit they, uh, you know, in order to try and escape, they call Sid who is rather reluctant to assist at first and may or may not have been persuaded to, to help at the end. So they get the gentle reminder that we've bailed you out like three times in a row now. So yeah, figure it out. Thank you for the reminder goggles. I love that mm-hmm. she calls him goggles. Oh yeah, she was not happy about she was not happy about that. That's for sure. Um, 
yeah, I think uh, this episode really, you know, highlighted um, Tech again, which is, I mean, we've been getting him a lot this season. I'm telling you right now, I got bad feeling about Tech. Um, I swear to God, they better not touch know, him. You'd be so devastated. You would be so devastated. Um, but we, I mean, this is another episode where it really highlights his growth as a character. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you said it best, like Hunter basically, you know, yeah, you idiot, like, Go, you you messed up, you you done messed up, a Ron. Like, you, you, go fix it, go fix it right now. Um, but that's just it. Like, uh, Tech doesn't understand nor believe that he has done anything wrong, mm-hmm. and and he points out that fact multiple times. Like, I was just stating the fact, and Hunter gave him the best line that you could give. She knows what the truth is. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is that's that that's the reality of, of what's going on, and you don't know why that's a problem, which is the problem. So it was. It, I mean, overall, as far as the emotional growth in the episode, I, 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 you know, you see it from both, especially Omega and Tech, but you also see the team, ad, you know, adjusting to not having that extra pair of hands that they rely on. You know, they're down, they're down one guy. Um, pre or post Echo, you know, Echo joining the team um, in Clone Wars season seven was a bonus for them, you know, and then mm-hmm. they lost Crosshair, so they were like, we're still good. Squad of four, we got this. This is what we are normal, like, this is normal for us. But now they're down to three plus Omega, and it changes the, not just the skill set, but, you know, the, the strength of the team. So you see them going through those adjustments, and then they still don't trust Omega to be alone somewhere. And also Omega's not as much help as they need inside the tunnel until they realize that they need her size to mm-hmm. get into small crevices. So go figure. Um, she's really good for thieving, as uh, Starler would say. Yeah. She's small. She can get into tiny areas real easily. Exactly. Um, you're welcome, Marvel fans. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, overall in the episode, I mean – you see tech and you know, he struggles with these things already. Like we already know that tech is not the guy to bring emotion into the game because he's completely logic all day, all, all like 24 seven. So watching him realize that like, I still feel things about what's happened, but my brain just doesn't, mm-hmm. it, that's just not how it hits me. So, um, super strong message for a lot of people out there, not just, uh, I think most of people would probably go towards men and women in this situation, right? Like men process loss and, and everything else very differently than women do, but also people with, um, you know, if they're on and, and not to be too crazy, mm-hmm. but like on the spectrum in some kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to process things the exact same way as somebody else. Like having empathy is really tough for some people and that's okay. Um, and tech is one of the, like, I mean, if you met tech on the street and he was bringing up all these logic items, you'd be like, all right, you're not going to get anything emotional I'm saying. So I'm going to make sure it's straight facts all the time. And I, I allow you to process things because mm-hmm. you're just not going to process it how I do. But he did notice at the end of the episode, like he saw the effect that losing two teammates and losing part of your family really affects Omega. Mm-hmm. So, um, and not just that, but at this point they've lost their home. Right. So 
Omega, who already lost their home once, their new home was the ship. Now they don't have that either. So she is processing loss upon loss upon loss, where Tech just views it as, here's another obstacle. So it, it, it's interesting. In the, and, and But by the end of the episode, it flips, it flips for Omega because she's like, don't worry, we'll figure it out like we always do. Mm-hmm. Like... Because there has to be a give and take there, right? So um, uh, it, there has to be solution-oriented mindset, but at the same time, you have to understand what has happened and either have sympathy, empathy, or some kind of emotion around those things that have, have, have happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think from just a, not necessarily storytelling perspective, but this is, uh, I think, a, an important episode in the Star Wars universe as a whole, right? Because you don't really touch on, I mean, there are emotional aspects of many of the stories, right? But how certain people deal with Mm -hmm. things, right? Like, you know, for example, people sometimes talk about the, uh, the way that Luke reacts to Obi-Wan dying versus how Leia reacts or is reacting to having seen everything happen to her home planet and stuff like that and how she's so you know, level, at least in the moment, whereas he's terribly broken up, right? Well, I think that in this particular episode, Tech's way of dealing with his stress is becoming snippy. And, you know, typically he's not as short with the squad, right? He pokes them, he jeers them with his rationale, right? And, and, And stuff like that. But in this episode, he is aggressive in the way he does it he's more snippy right and and i think that is the weight and the emotion and the stress on him manifesting right and i've said it multiple times as we've covered this this season that i relate to tech on so many different levels and i mean there were probably three different ways that i i related to tech in this episode starting first with, you know, the snippiness and the being short with people who maybe you feel aren't doing things the way that you would expect them to, right? But more importantly, how he tries to rational, uh, be rational and logical with a kid who is dealing with, with, with a various set of emotions. And I am going through that really hard with Connor right now. You know, I talk to him like he's a 14-year-old sometimes, not like he's a four-year-old. And I try and I over-explain things. Uh, textbook over-explainer here, you know. Uh, and it does more harm than good because the kid doesn't need your logic, right? And I think Hunter kind of alludes to that, right? You, you know, she she doesn't need to know you know, she already knows what she, 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 you know, she already knows the important stuff, but she doesn't need your logic. She needs your, she needs your support. And tech doesn't know how to, compassion. right. And tech doesn't know how to do that because he's never had to do that. There's never been a reason to do that. Right. They've been soldiers and he's dealt with soldiers. Yeah. He's dealt with soldiers his whole life and soldiers. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm certainly not one myself, but I know my uncle follow orders. Well, so my uncle, you know, being in the army, right. I remember the stories he told me, uh, from his second tour in, 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 uh, in Iraq, you know, during operation Iraqi freedom and all that stuff. And, 
And some of the stories he told me were devastating. And the way he tells the stories is very, very low key, very no emotion, right? And, you know, it's not until after, right, that soldiers have have their pain and, and all of their trauma and stuff like that to have to deal with, right? And so, you know, in obviously this is fictionalized, right? But the fact that they've never had to deal with or try to process their emotions because nobody cares. Nobody cares about what the clones think. Nobody cares about how the clones feel. Nobody cares about any of that stuff. And yeah, we saw it two episodes ago. Exactly. We know. Nobody cares. Nobody's even thinking about them. And and it's and it's really important at a macro level. You know, forget Star Wars for a second, right? It's really important at a macro level to recognize that, you know, that obviously people deal with things in different ways. And just because someone isn't outwardly sad or angry or whatever about a certain thing doesn't mean that they're not compartmentalizing it and and sort of dealing with it in their own way. Um, You know, and so Tech's way of dealing with things is probably much more introverted, right? Because he's more than likely much more introverted and it's internalized and it's not an outward show of emotion, whereas Omega's is, you know, she's much more emotions on the sleeve and, and sometimes you have a really hard time as someone like tech, which I can honestly say that I have those issues sometimes too. I have a hard time having empathy at points, um, which really makes me come across as cold and whatever, but you know, it's, it's hard sometimes when your brain is like that, like that's how your brain processes things to switch. And so, well, it's um, not just your brain. It's just like your experiences. Right. So, I mean, I never talk about this. I mean, well, I talked about it with you and obviously a bunch of other people in my life, but never on the podcast, but, um, you know, I lost my mom at age 19 and at age nine, she was, uh, put in a situation where she was never going to be the same person she was prior to that, um, based on, um, chronic illness. So, you know, um, me going through that and then watching my mom, especially at the end suffer, Mm -hmm. um, or not be coherent even because it wasn't, it wasn't her. Um, you know, that changed my outlook on how I process things like death or loss period, you know, that shifted my mindset towards, a different just path mm-hmm. um so now even you know years later 15 years now it's been so uh but i process things way different than other people do and it's not that it's one way is right or one way is wrong it's just it's a different way of processing it and so um everyone's gone through that especially when you, you just said it like soldiers like omega's never been in those situations like the Bad Batch have watched many of their brothers fall right next to them. Um, and they just and have to, they they have they to carry on. Of, yeah. of four and five, behind, but they have to carry on. Like th- their goal as soldiers is to carry on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I can relate to that mentality of, well, we I have to move on. You know, I've, I've been through a really hard time. and um, But you, you, you learn to move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on when things happen in your lifetime or um, how you react to emotional situations anyway, 
yeah, the way you react to it could be completely different than somebody else. And it's not that one way is right or wrong. It's just that you have to understand how they are processing it. And I think by the end of the episode, you see Omega realize that tech is struggling also just outwardly in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's highly emotional. Um, again, because everyone can relate to it in some respect, uh, you know, with, you know, you, you shared a personal story, you know, myself with, with what happened after my son was born, you know, and everything we had to deal with, mm-hmm. with, with my wife. Uh, and I don't know that she'd like me to be sharing this, but you know, there's everything that's going on, right. You have, you're worried about, you know, I'm worried about my wife in the hospital and I'm worried about my newborn son at home and I'm trying to split, you know, split my mind and deal with everything all at once. Right. And so you end up just holding it in or learning how to deal with things. And, you know, people after the fact will say, well, I don't know how you did this or that. And it's like, I didn't have a choice. You know, you have to deal with it. Like you just have to go right. Like that's, there's no other option. Right. Is, you know, and then you deal with it later. Right. Or you hope to deal with it later. And there are still things that I deal with, like from a, anxiety standpoint <clears throat> today that are that were born from that that moment you know that that experience and so uh you know just like you with with your mom and and so this episode is very real you know and yes they do it in the framework of of a kids show right and there's a lot to and be not just that but this was the this was the brain break episode like right uh and and so but you and 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 they give the whole you know parent to kid relationship thing too, which I kind of already talked about, and I'm sure you'll get there with with your son as he gets a little bit older, right? That trying to oh no, he sucks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he, he's great, but no, it's, it's it's difficult when everything he does is emotional right now. Mm-hmm. It's everything is emotionally charged. So uh, I I you said you struggle sometimes with like over explaining yeah same thing except my kids too so over explaining to him is just hilarious because he just like nods his head and he just goes on he just glazes Um, over just or you say hey 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 don't do that because Mm -hmm. hey i'd rather you not run with a knife go figure or a fork you know it's dangerous don't do that and then he thinks it's just a game because Mm -hmm. i'm telling him not to do something so it's a game um but uh, yeah, just figuring out what triggers him to respond the way you want him to is is hilarious sometimes because it's not always just matter of factness. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, ooh, look, a butterfly. Let's go talk about that, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is very different um, being that parent in those relationships and tech kind of learning like I can't just be matter of fact with this kid mm-hmm. because one they. I, I'm sure he realizes it too, not emotionally even, logically. She's never been through what I've been through. Mm-hmm. So like logically, she's not going to process this the same way I am. So he can get there because he's a genius. <laughs> and so like he'll figure it out. Um, but it's just interesting watching him make those connections because he did finally make the connection, obviously. Hunter and Wrecker pushed him, mm-hmm. but he needed the push. And he cared about losing Omega. He didn't like you said, like he didn't really think about what was going on. He dove in after her. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So without hesitation, it was, it was a, yeah, it's a different feeling when you care for your, not just teammate, but family member. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think, or I hope, I expect that this will do a lot for the back half of the season as far as, well, obviously bringing them closer, not just Tech and Omega, but the, the squad as a whole. Cause I'm, you know, this will be, I'm sure, something that is reviewed, certainly not on screen, right? But it, it will affect the squad overall and how they, they, interact going forward. And I, I got to think that aside from being a really important social commentary, this episode, that there's some, there's going to be some connection or something that comes up in the future. And I swear to goodness, if it is tech getting, getting, you know, killed, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to riot, but, but something like that's probably going to happen right to somebody. Um, I mean, they're so connected now and Echo was the, the, the weak link, if you want to say that, like as far as who Omega is directly connected to, right? She's obviously connected more to Hunter and Wrecker and now tech Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like three men in a, three men in a clone, uh, three men in a baby. It's three men in a baby now. (laughs) If they didn't have it before, they've got it now. So, um, all you had to do was get rid of one. (laughs) So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they, you know, it, it or how or if they they use uh, these relationships now going forward. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really good. I'm excited to see the rest of it. I know this episode probably did not get the ratings that you or I would rate it. Mm-hmm. And I made a joke earlier that it would have been a better episode if Record would have got Mufasa. <laughs> but you know, um, I I don't know if you're ready for this now or not. But like rating wise, you know, I'd probably give it a solid eight eight and a half. Um, just because I know it was an off the beat um, episode, but at the same time, it did have a lot of emotional ties to it, and I connected with the situation mm-hmm. um, as far as processing those emotions and everything else. And let's face it, them getting their ship stolen is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> we haven't really seen that a whole lot, like where you get your main mode of transportation just stolen. Yeah. We've seen it blown up. We've seen it commandeered or locked in an impound or whatever, but... Getting it just straight up stolen is a different type of um, pain for it, our team. It was like so, it was like I do think they get it back. I will say I think they get it back. Yeah, I, I agree. It was I agree. I think that's going to be part of the upcoming one of the upcoming missions is to recover the Marauder. But it was a very uncar plot moment where it's like Wrecker's running out going, "Hey, that's mine." <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so yeah, eight and a half, much. eight and a half for you then. Eight, eight and a half, you said? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd give it an eight and a half, yeah. Yeah, I, I I feel like this episode, whether or not it hit with the particular viewer, will have to do with whether or not they could obviously relate to what the characters are going through. Um, so if you couldn't, then you're, you're going to think it's a totally pointless episode, which beyond that, it probably was. But that concept... The overall concept of of uh, of how to deal with uh, the, you know emotions, loss, etc. That is it's massive. So yeah, I would probably give it an eight and a half. Um, I would have given it an eight and a half because <laughs> halfway through the episode, I was just nodding my head the entire time as yep. you know Hunter and Wrecker were interacting with Tech, and he's and his responses were just like that's <clears throat> that's how I 
have responded to things like that. Like I have literally said those sorts of things like, well, this is how it, I mean, I'm, I'm being truthful. I'm being honest. And they're like, honesty is not the thing here. And you're like, Oh, whoops, screwed that one up. So I could totally relate to that. So yeah, eight and a half, eight and a half for me, uh, as well. So, uh, again, unsurprisingly the, the broader IMDB fan base, which again, you know, it just came out yesterday. So there aren't a ton of ratings yet. So there's 670 ratings. It's a 7.1. Um, so, which is actually interesting because it's, it's rated higher than faster and entombed, which had more action in them. Uh, albeit again, still, you know, standalone brain break, uh, bottle at what did Keith call it a bottle episode, right? It's all kind of self contained, a, a bottle episode, yeah. I and I, I enjoyed faster, so the, I mean, the fact that that's lower is I mean, I enjoyed this one too, to an extent, obviously. But in the bigger storyline, there is no connection right now, currently, right? Um, so there are six, uh, we'll do the user reviews real quick. Uh, six, six user reviews so far. Um, uh, eight, first one, eight out of ten, picture Posey, perfect, Posey fan. <laughs> patience. Patience. We will get to Posey fan. Uh, we'll start with an 8 out of 10. Picture perfect. Character development. Dave Filoni. Mastermind. Um, Posey fan. <laughs> 7 out of 10. Wait. There aren't ship oh, keys in the Star Wars universe. Uh, how did that person steal the ship? <laughs> You're telling me they just leave the room? He hotwired it. He hotwired the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, he looked like a pirate. So, I mean, pirates are really good at stealing stuff. So, um, so I mean, he went in the side... A side panel. <laughs> so uh, that apparently was his biggest gripe because he said overall, uh, it largely enjoyed the episode. Omega and Tech got some much needed character development. Uh, music. Oh, it we did. didn't even talk about the it music. Really we didn't even talk about the music. The music in this episode was fantastic. The music, the music always sucks. I never <laughs> want to talk about the music. It sucks. I hate music. I don't even know why they put it in the episode. Like the, the I got fantastic job with the music as always. The Western vibe, like the kind of cowboy immediately yes immediately i heard spurs and i'm like they're gonna see boba fett where's he at where's he at so yeah didn't I, show up I, I can't believe i forgot about the music because that was the first well i mean it's the first thing you hear like you don't even see the picture you know you don't even see the opening scene which yet. is also kind of it's a little weird because they're i mean they're going into mines and stuff like that but it really didn't i mean they didn't have to set it like that but they did and it, it worked really well Mm-hmm. Um, but they definitely could have done it with like more an upbeat, more adventurous type music, but they didn't go with that. They went with the softer Western. I mean, I wouldn't call it soft. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it felt very Western when you, when you got off the ship to yeah. open the episode. Yeah. And I think that has to do with the cowboy being, you know, it's the lone ranger, the lone gun, right. And how we've talked about it before, you know, kind of going off on your own, the, the, the lone wolf doesn't. It, they don't do as well, right? Like you, you, you kind of, you got to stick with your tribe sort of thing. Uh, oh, wait, I, that was last episode. Also, um, the music played into the fact that they were, they were mm-hmm. alone again mm-hmm. uh, in a different way alone. Yep. I do. <clears throat> um, I think it was just another piece. Tonto of... was there. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, uh, music okay. and animation was really good. Uh, one last thing I will say, I think the weekly release schedule is hurting the show massively. I'm not sure what that means. Um, well, they want to binge it. Oh, yes. 
That's all. They just want to binge it. They want to binge the whole thing. Weekly release. I mean, some people are very much for every Wednesday I get to sit down and watch a new episode. And some people are like, I'd rather have all 16 episodes mm-hmm. or maybe half a season now and half the season in two months. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, but I want to binge the whole half. Right. You know, it's like, uh, so I, that's what Stranger Things I, I've, did. I've seen right? both sides of the arguments. Isn't that what Stranger Things yeah, did? Yeah, Stranger Things did that. I mean, other, other, yeah, other TV shows do the entire season though mm-hmm. at once. Right. So, um, Disney is not known for the binging. Disney has been weekly releases for almost every fandom show. Period. It's been weekly releases. Well, and that's so. and that's because it keeps subscribers, or well, it's supposed to. I mean, we could talk that's about the goal. fact that 2.4 million people dropped their Disney Plus uh, last quarter, but uh, that's beside the point. Uh, until Mando, until Mando <laughs> season three comes out. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Got a nine out of ten, eight out of ten, four out of ten. Here we go. This will be the this will be the last one we talk about. Uh, elite team or ineptly written is the uh, is the title. Um, how many failed missions has the team conducted? Uh, how many times can you say nothing of value leads to the next episode? Uh, how many times are they in parentheses omega? whining or belly aching how many times is the dialogue filled with exposition rather than pursuant to a strong story or stories um okay how many times does omega speak up for the team making promises or choosing a path for them without the team being present kind of talked about that last episode um any meaningful episode did not center on the team yeah i don't know he says uh tip tip to the writers ditch omega and actually write stories that mean something Fear of loss and consequences of action, the striving of noble goal and enemy. Yeah, I don't. Right now, the team is their own worst enemy. I don't agree with a lot of that. I I understand. I can see where they're coming from, right? So, but what what I would argue is, uh, I I said it last episode, right? Like it'd be nice to watch the Bad Batch just go on a mission and it goes smoothly Mm -hmm. because they are the elite squad. They're supposed to overcome obstacles at a fairly easy pace which you know to be honest if you look at their missions that they have been successful in it's been pretty quickly fixed Mm -hmm. what the problems are um outside of like you know um the opening two episodes with the treasure chest or what what they call the war chest sorry Mm -hmm. um never really got a solution to that but outside of a couple missions like really they've completed the missions they set out to do um, but it is getting a little ridiculous that a just a super simple extraction turns into a super dilemma mm-hmm. for an elite squad of troopers. Um, so I can kind of see that, but at the same time, you can't eliminate Omega. She's going to play a bigger part in the Star Wars story somewhere. We're not mm-hmm. there yet. We don't know what that's going to be. Um, it's going to come at some point during this show, or unless you know they have bigger plans for another off off spin um which yeah you know that could happen mm-hmm. um but i she plays a bigger part in the star wars universe as far as completing the circle than we've been led on to believe yet uh we've gotten tidbits but i think there's more to say and more to do and the bad batch is still playing a major role in filling some of those gaps so mm-hmm. um i would just caution to be patient and uh you know hopefully good things are on the horizon yeah well said. Yeah, that'll um, bring the episode nine discussion to a close, and we'll pivot.
briefly to some news and notes that we got uh, uh, actually earlier today uh, as far as the purported revealing or, you know, reveal of the the film timeline at the upcoming Star Wars celebration. So, uh... What do Hopefully you th- my crazy face there for all my all of our YouTube people uh, get that all. Like I I I mean I don't know. We're gonna get what? Yeah, we're gonna get what? We're gonna get uh, some films apparently. Oh, a, fi- a film is coming out. Oh, film you say? I I I'm curious. Which director? Which of the ten directors they already announced is gonna take this one? Because they already. I mean, they did this two years ago. Was it? It was. Or was it? It wasn't pre-pandemic, right? It was two years ago, I mean, right? And... Taika was supposed to get one. Patty Jenkins was in line for one, I think. Uh-huh. Like, Ryan Johnson was Patty Jenkins. Ryan Johnson was. Ryan Johnson to get was three. supposed to get the trilogy. The, the Game of Thrones guys were gonna get one. D and D like going uh, at it. Like, yeah, I'm. I I don't know what what are you, what are you expecting? You know, assuming that the report's accurate and that we do get something at Celebration, um, what do you what do you think it's actually gonna be like realistically? I mean, one, I hope we get it. Two, it's going to be... I hope it has nothing to do with the Skywalker story. I hope they go High Republic. I hope they go... Uh, they could make a Rebels movie, and I would be ecstatic. I mean, I, you could include Ahsoka. That would be inside the Skywalker phase, but mm-hmm. not Skywalker-based. And I would be ecstatic about that. But, like... I, there's nothing really to tell for the rebels anymore, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, but like that's just it. Like they could do so many things. I just do not want episodes thirteen through, or sorry, uh, ten through twelve. I skipped a whole. <laughs> you, you skipped a whole trilogy. <laughs> sure yeah, because I don't want them to make it. I specifically do not want them to make that trilogy. I do not want to see it. I don't want. I don't want it. I, we don't need it. Um, it needs to branch off. Like it cannot go there again. Well, and that assumes um, that assumes it's a trilogy. I mean, they could easily just do standalone films that are part of the, and you know, they create their own Star Wars, you know, and uh, like MCU type thing, right? But with Star Wars, the the Mandoverse, um, I've seen. And seen, <laughs> seen that's that just it. I've seen how seeing how like successful Andor was mm-hmm. for a lot of those fans like we could easily get a more drama filled Star Wars movie that is not driven by a lightsaber or the force but driven by strong characters working either with or against each other within the same conflicts mm-hmm. you know like whether it be Imperial officers working against each other in a drama or a uh, rebel um, faction um, being created, so they could go a lot of different ways. I I do hope they go High Republic at this point mm-hmm. uh, with everything else they've been doing with that the last three and a half years. I think uh, it's well deserved to put out High Republic content uh, on on the big screen, um, and uh, yeah, I, I look forward to the next installment of Star Wars. I I, I do. I just hope they do not continue the story that they were on mm-hmm. I don't think it was the right pace or the right way to go 
Yeah, and the thing is, if they ch do choose to go into the High Republic era, I, I'm really hoping that they do not adapt the books to a movie. I hope that they use the books to craft kind of the the realm that it exists within, but I'm really hoping that they leave the books the books because, frankly, no movie will ever live up to how well a book can be written and and the the dramatization and and the writing of a book right um so i really hope that they don't adapt directly anyways any of the books that they have done to direct films um i would also be perfectly fine with them going old republic as well because then you could do jedi sith yeah. you know and you could do the old jedi sith wars you could do you could pull in um you know, Mandalore, like in its, in its heyday, uh, with, with, um, you know, Tar Vizsla and, and, and all of them. And you could tie it really well into all of the other stuff that's going on, especially with what's coming up in Mando th season three and the references to, um, certain past, past things as far as Mandalore is concerned. Um, <clears throat> so those are the two eras that have, n well, to this point never really been explored uh certainly in the films but even in television shows so and some of that stuff is um you know it, it would be really cool if they brought some of it out of legends and into canon um, because that would be really easy to do and not screw up <clears throat> not screw up like an existing timeline or anything like that and i and personally i'm just more excited to see who who has it who has the the name on it you know like because uh, that's going to decide how much I'm really excited about it, <laughs> unfortunately. Like, do they give it to Favreau and Filoni? Mm. Like, do they give it to the guys that have been running live action on Disney Plus? Um, do they give it to um, some, like, um, I mean, there's been great directors on Disney Plus, period, but, like, mm -hmm. as far as producer-level people, like, who are you going to give the ropes to? And mm -hmm. uh, it'll be really interesting. And I... I I hope they uh, choose the right time period to go after, and I hope it's like I said. I just I hope it's separate from the current storyline in the movies because I just it'd be great if they went back to like a solo. Not, I mean, it won't be solo two. I'm not expecting solo two, but it would be great if they went crime syndicate world. Like I think that'd Ooh. be a lot of fun, um, and, and it would give us some. It, you could still wheel in some franchise favorites mm -hmm. um, without compromising the story into what it should not be so as far as you're, if you're telling a crime syndicate thing like you know you you can bring in some favorites without it getting to a lightsaber again true you know and uh, not that i don't want to see lightsabers i don't want to misconstrue it but if it's going to be about the crime syndicate i don't need a lightsaber i i feel like they kind of tried that with book of boba fett and to some extent that did not it didn't do very well like, I feel like part of the reason they have the TV shows uh, and by extension, the comics is to try out different, Test. yeah, to di try out different things. And the crime syndicate didn't really, didn't really play well. Didn't really hit hard. Um, yeah, Boba should have been meaner. <laughs> they made him too nice and understanding of people. <laughs> he needed to be ruthless. 
you're dealing with literal gangsters. It's time to it's time to kill or be killed. Like that's that's the name of the Oh wait, they, he killed everybody or Fennec did, whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it'll be interesting if they if they come out with a trilogy announcement or if it's going to be maybe two or three films that are part of a phase 1, right, of Star Wars and uh, again, I'm personally hoping more for the standalone or at least the connected films, but they aren't like direct um, sequels to each other. Uh, yeah, I don't need the next movie to just pick up in the desert on Tatooine after she buried the lightsabers. I'm good. I'm good not going right there. No, no stay away from Tatooine for a while, please. Um, so yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what actually comes out of Celebration. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, we were talking before we started recording about the guest lists that have been announced. I mean, there's a lot of heavy his, heavy hitters <clears throat> as far as the guest lists that I'm really kind of jealous weren't there for Anaheim, specifically Hayden, because I would have loved to have gotten a, a dual thing with him and him and would have been nice for Hayden. I would have, you know, had to sell a kidney, I think, to pay for that one. Ewan was expensive enough, but uh, <laughs> the two of them together would have been pretty, pretty pricey. But uh, nevertheless, you've got uh, the other thing that dropped yesterday was the final Mando trailer uh, for, for season three. Uh, the, the funniest clip to come out of it was Grogu spinning in a chair for 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, I did laugh at. I, I had a good, I had a good chuckle at that because. <laughs> oh, did you chuckle at the comic relief? I, sh- I sure did at the MacGuffin. He's, he's my favorite. He's my favorite MacGuffin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, the thing I actually liked most was because we, we got a lot of same shots as we have before, right? But we we get more Bo, right? We we haven't seen much of Bo Katan in the last two trailers, and the fact that she references the Death Watch cult as being the primary reason that their home world was destroyed, uh, uh, you know. And where was where was Mando, right? Where was he? Where was he then? And so there's going to be. I, I don't know if we're going to get flashbacks. I'm hoping we get some flashbacks to to Death Watch and everything like that. Um, and I think that that helmet that he digs up is probably an old Death Watch. You know, the helmet that we keep seeing in all the trailers. It's probably an old Death Watch helmet. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of good stuff to get you kind of again. If you weren't already amped up, then it probably didn't do anything for you. But um, the Grogu scene was, that was funny. That was good. That was good. <laughs> it's going to be a good season. I mean, um, I mean, the whole premise of the series, the season was already exciting to see. So getting some of those other extra scenes with Bo and um, just seeing, I mean, I'm excited to see her interact with Mando all year because, mm-hmm. all season, so to speak. Um because it's going to be every scene they're in together is going to be important and it's going to play into whether or not they're on the same side of whatever battle's coming or on opposite sides of the war. So it, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> that's kind of our news segment tonight. I should put in like a really cool, like action five news soundbite to just like, close it right oh please news team <laughs> assemble uh yeah so um i don't have anything else to talk about do you not a ton i mean i'm good 
Um, I mean, we could always go more into the fact that we're dis- disappointed in some of the announcements for Star Wars Celebration that we aren't going to. Uh-huh. But I'm not. I, I really would rather not because I just get sad. Um, just I am disappointed that Hayden did not go to Anaheim. That was a big miss. And listen, Andy Serkis showing up at a Star Wars convention is just phenomenal. I wonder how many um, Lord of the Rings items he's mm-hmm. going to have to sign versus Star Wars items. But, you know, uh, it's going to be fun. It'd be it'd be fun to go to or Marvel items, I guess. I, I mean, literally everything he does, it's it's gold. You know what's funny about that is if if we were going, sir, I have a really good column for us, and I would walk, mm-hmm. and I would do the my precious, you know, I would walk up to him and probably creep that creep him the hell out, but I would I would totally go up to him and talk to him like, like like Gollum like did. Gollum. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It would be fun because I'm that kind of person. I'd love to. I'd love to be on a fly on a wall and see how many times that happens to him, and see how many times he's impressed versus just absolutely annoyed. Because that's what I would. I would be like, you know, if you don't. But mind. But you do have a good one. I, it's all right. It's not bad. I think it's pretty good. I think you'd be impressed if, if it wasn't, you know, twelve thirty. Hobbitses. Hobbitses. You know. So yeah, I would. I'll just put a mixtape together of me talking like like Gollum for for fifteen minutes, <laughs> but yeah, I mean you got Gwendolyn Christie, uh, uh, Land uh, Billy D Williams, which I know you said he was in Chicago, but that's great because I wasn't in Chicago, um, <laughs> so, and and I'm sure there's there's going to be at least probably at least one more round of announcements. So if Hayden and you and oh, are, I don't know, they I mean those are those are the pretty big ones. I. I don't know. Those are pretty big announcements. They are, but I don't know. You're, mm, what is it, two months away? Not quite two months away from from the show. And I, I think they'll have one more round of announcements. Uh, Mark Hamill didn't. Mark Hamill and Han Solo didn't come to the 40th for anything else. So I, I well, they went to the 40th for A New Hope. Well, no, Han Solo didn't. Like, um, Harrison Ford did not, but Mark Hamill went to the 40th for A New Hope. Right. But well, he, did not, he was not the 40th Empire's. I, I think I think people are hoping for some sequel people, specifically Daisy, since she's in she lives in London, so it would be easier for her to just, you know, pop over to the uh to the convention center. So the problem the problem is with some of those some of those main um stars from that sequel trilogy are still under signing contracts with um respective agencies. Mm. So they are not allowed to do public signings like that yet. That most of their signs are send-ins still. But you could do pictures. You could still do photo ops. Could do. Um, also dependent on contracts and True. such. But, True. You know. So, yes, we're, we're slightly jealous that we're not going to <clears throat> I, cel- I mean, celebration. Do. So, um, yeah, so with that, um, we're going to bring the episode to a close. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. If you do enjoy the content, we, uh, we heartfully ask that you like, subscribe, rate, review. It really does help. Uh, the podcast for fandoms outside of the Star Wars universe. Be sure to check out our friends over at the Galactic Dads podcast uh, at Galactic Dads on all the social channels. Uh, but for but for us, we're going to uh, make our jump to hyperspace. So for Jedi John, I'm Obi Sean, and until next time, may the Force be with you. Force.